Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Glowing Weak Point, the show where Wombat forgets to unpause and we start, and this is a second start, so different energy. I'm your host, John, with me as always, my co-host, Wombat. How's it going, Wombat? It goes. Long-time listeners will remember that John once spent an, uh, almost an entire episode... Um, it was and, not. And it did was not. not. It was, ever it was, it was, it was like, it was, and it was like we 10 to, minutes in. We had to record a length, uh, re record a lengthy segment of the show because he didn't. It was like 10 minutes max. Unpause his recording. So he can bite it when it comes to me. Ha ha. Bite it. Hey, Wombat, what's your glowing weak point? Um, I have a couple. Uh, I watched oh, a couple really? of, I watched a couple of good movies. Um, Legally okay. Blonde and Ocean's Eleven. Both of those Ooh, movies. I like Ocean's Eleven. Hot. Both of those movies are hot. Uh, mm-hmm. That that's that's what we use to determine a movie's goodness. Now is is how hot <laughs> it is. Um, Paul, Luke, Luke Wilson in Legally Blonde has long hair. That's hot. Like. like just Luke Wilson with long hair. It's hot. Uh, Ocean's Eleven is entirely a movie about how hot everybody is and how hot Correct. stealing shit from a casino is. Every single person there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just a really, really good movie. Uh, a, a while ago, I watched the second one, Ocean's Twelve. Not as good. Don't no, like Ocean's Twelve as much. I did like no, the uh, Ocean's, Ocean's Eight. Is better. Oh, I haven't gotten really? to Ocean's Thirteen, but I did. I did a, a few months ago watch Ocean's Eight, and Ocean's Eight is also hot. It's as hot as Ocean's Eleven, in my opinion. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, and the other thing is that we went into town yesterday and had food. It was two hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> For the three of us. Wow. Yeah. That's Just arbitrarily, money. Cadence was like, I want fancy food. And so we went into town and had really, really, really good food. Really good. Oh. I had, I had some Where'd shrimp you go? and grits. Uh, it's called Whiskey Cake. It's a place local to Round Rock near Austin. Okay. Yeah, they yeah. like grow their own herbs and they source food their food locally. So, it, okay. it was really good. Uh, it had shrimp and grits, had uh, criminy mushrooms, and uh, for dessert we got their signature whiskey cake, which was very uh, rich and a, a large portion, honestly. Um, like, I was okay. complaining about the portion of my shrimp and grits because it left me a little bit hungry and I had to have Mitchell, some of Mitchell's steak. Yeah. But then we ordered that fucking whiskey cake and I Jesus. It's enough <laughs> for like two or three people. Wow. Which of course means I ate most of mine. Yeah, oh, of yeah. course. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm a fat piece of shit. John, what's your glowing <laughs> well, also, weak point? Also, after the uh, portion sizes of the other thing, you, you needed to fill up. Yeah. Some whiskey cake. On some whiskey cake. Oh, I did have yeah. a couple of drinks too. A couple of whiskey drinks. Because I can't, oh. I can't go to a place called Whiskey Cake and not drink the whiskey cocktails. Like, come on! No, no, you can't. 
Um, so, Bohemian Raspberry was pretty good. Ooh. Yeah. There, when I when I went on Europe, when I went on Europe, went on I, Europe. I'm, I'm I stood tired. on Europe. When when I went on vacation earlier this year, on Europe, uh, had a fantastic uh, little um, cocktail that had uh, honeysuckle vodka, and I, I need to buy some because. That shit was delicious. Um, anyways, my uh, my glowing weak point uh, is a lot smaller than yours because I still work in retail and oh. uh, I work in food retail, which I'm sorry. this time of year is hell for. Because yeah. it's I know. Week, I've worked warehousing during this time of year. Yep. Yep. For it's a food good. retailer. Yep. <laughs> nope. No, it's it's pretty pretty awful. So uh, you got to look for the small things uh, to be good. Uh, my small thing was I got a, a new pencil case that it unzips and then like it, it's it's a standing pencil case. So you unzip it and then like a part of it folds down just a little bit. So you've got like a pen cup right in front of you. Um, and and I got some some fancy new highlighters and gel pens and uh, fine liners. So this is what I have to look forward to in life. We just need to set you up a stationary segment for every episode. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, no, we don't need to become TikTok. John's stationary Um, station. (sighs) It's good, right? Stationary station. No, it's, good. it's really bad. It's really horrible. It's really bad, but in that good kind of way. No. No. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's just jump into it, because... Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, actually, before we do that, uh, have you listened to anything new this week? Listen to anything new? Yeah. You want to... No. Shout out something you've been listening to? No. I just, I recently got Spotify again, so I've just been re listening to the uh, old playlists I set up a while ago. <laughs> what yeah. is the cringiest thing on your playlist that, that you could call out right now? Oh, the cringiest thing? Like the yeah. thing I'm most yeah, embarrassed I, to say that I listen to? Yeah, yeah. The, the thing that you, you, you fired up Spotify again, you went through your old albums, and you're like, man, that was a different me. Oh, what, what would you pick? The thing is, there's nothing that's like, oh, that's a different me. It's always me, but it's like, <laughs> do I want to tell people some of the things I listen to? Um, pick John, one. Okay, John, on my playlist, and I will never take this song off, Okay. I have I have Paralyzer by Finger Eleven. You know Paralyzer, right? No. I'm not paralyzed, but I oh, seem yeah, yeah, to yeah. be struck by yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I want to make you move because you're standing still. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that song. I got that song. I love that song. <laughs> it's a, I, I think it's a great song. But most other people don't don't agree. Oh, and it's, it's okay. 
And I have more than one song by Buck Cherry. You don't know Buck okay. Cherry either. Okay, Buck Cherry no. did that song Crazy Bitch. Fuck, how does it go? How does it go? <laughs> you don't... You, I, once I sing some of Crazy Bitch to you, you're gonna know what I'm talking about also. Let's let's pull up we'll the lyrics see. to Crazy Bitch. Hey, you're a crazy bitch, but you fuck so good I'm on top of it When I dream, I'm doing you all night Scratches all down my back to keep me right on Nope You don't know that that. song? You don't know that song? Damn I like Buck Cherry also More than one song by the people who sang that on my playlist Okay Yep Cool. Most of most Good. of the playlist is fine. It's just like Fastball and Bare Naked Ladies and Green Day and Stone Temple Pilots. Lots okay. of uh, lots of um, fucking Fountains cool. of Wayne, Incubus. Yeah. 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 Ugh. What about you, John? Okay. You listen to anything new? Well, uh, a couple of the people that had been involved with Five Iron Frenzy in the past uh, spun off to make their own band. Um, uh, Fantasy League. Fantasy League. Uh-huh. And Are these some of the people it's... who, like, dropped out of religion, or...? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um... Because I know you said that and, some of them did, and then, like, they got the drummer back, but I don't know about all of them. Yeah, I think one of them is the drummer. It's, I don't, I don't keep track of musicians. Um, I, I was, I was on Facebook for no good reason whatsoever. Right, and, block that. And, you know how I block yeah, Twitter I, on my phone? Block Facebook on your phone. I don't watch, look at it on my phone. I don't, oh. I don't use apps like that. I use websites. Okay. Because apps are terrible and they uh, find out all your information without you wanting them to. Right. Um, so the Fire and Frenzy group or page, whatever, on Facebook is one of the few things that I follow and actually give a crap about. And they um, they mentioned that this, you know, this new project was out and, and doing stuff and that they should go look at it despite the fact that they're no longer in Five Iron necessarily. They're like, we don't care. We're, we're still friends. Right. Uh, and it's it's pretty good. It's it's kind of sci-fi-y. So. Like, the thing yeah. with ska bands is that they trade out members like people trade um, Pokemon cards. Like. Yeah. And there's no hard feelings. It's just like, uh, we don't really need a third guitarist for this album. Yeah. yeah. Five Iron's a little bit different, because it's, like, it's a group. Like, it's all, the, everyone in the group is Five Iron Frenzy. They they don't do the, like, uh, well, we'll just add or drop people. It's, Five Iron is not one person. But, like how it's Real Big Fish all has all the people. one guy? Yeah, yeah, Real Big Fish is just one person, with a bunch of other people that are regulars but they're not they're usually around for a while like um 
I remember the bassist was always referred to as uh, Matt... Not... Yeah. Yeah, Matt Wong. Always referred to by his full name, Matt Wong. (laughs) And he was around for like seven albums, but he wasn't on the latest couple. Yeah. Because it really is just the one dude. Yeah. It's his band, and he lets people come and go as he sees fit. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's other bands that are like Five Iron, where uh, it's not one person's band, it's all of them. They they all do it. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so I've been listening to a, a little bit of their music, and everything I've listened to has been great so far. Okay. So, shouts, shouts out to Fantasy League. Now shouts we out. We are talking about the games we played this week. I'm still just and, playing the same two. Yeah, and uh, I, I'm i still playing the same one, but I added another one on because I actually played a significant amount of Guardian Tales this week. Oh, hey! Yeah, so I, uh, I, I was bored one day, and it was not enough time to do anything productive with my life, so I uh, popped open Guardian Tales and... Uh, did some of the story again, um, which you you still haven't played this game yet functionally, right? I'm still in chapter one. I haven't. I didn't open okay. it up on the Switch this week. Okay, so um, one of the things you can do is like once you get far enough into the the story, uh, I think it's chapter three. Um, is where I'm functionally at with this. Uh, <coughs> I'm actually, I finished chapter five uh, of the main storyline. Uh, after a certain point in completing the storyline, you can go back and do, like, nightmare mode, which really is just you You go back, the enemies are slightly harder, but you're not playing the same story, and you're not even necessarily playing the exact same maps. Um and uh it it's like there's a lot of similarities but it's not the same and you play a different story set in the same area huh. uh so that's in cool. the first one you're following like this this mysterious creature as has is taking over the the forest of canterbury and then in the second one you're trying to help this little kid who lost his dad in the war and uh so I uh, went and did the uh, the third one, which was the, according to the little bar at the bottom of my screen that tells me what I'm supposed to do next, it was the next thing to do. <laughs> so went went ahead and did that. I was kind of waiting until I had completely finished my city and uh, leveled my, my main crew up to uh, tier five. Like, max them all out at tier 5. Right. But, um, it was just, it takes time to do that. And I had, I had time to kill, uh, uh, so I just, I played the story. And it was fun. I liked it. I, I really liked what they did. Uh, it was interesting. I expected more of a conclusion, but they left me hanging. Oh. So, so... I'm I'm looking forward to because there's there's normal mode, nightmare mode, and then there's hell mode. 
Oh, so okay. If I get a little bit further in the storyline, I can actually come back in hell mode and finish it up because I have spoilers that uh, the thing that didn't happen now will because you could the characters that are dead in that you can get through summons. So mm. obviously, a thing has happened where they're now alive. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, really enjoy the game still. Uh, I mean, I I jump on for about 15, 20 minutes every day uh, just to collect all my stuff and uh, trying to completely level up my city to its maximum power. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's the highest level possible, but, like, all of the buildings in it aren't and they're pretty far away from that, so that's what I'm doing. Tell me about RuneScape. There's so much to that game I haven't reached yet. Okay. Yeah, no, you've barely touched the surface. Um, I have an addictive personality, so I've been playing a shit ton of RuneScape. Yeah? Just just a lot. Uh, this last yeah. week I spent mostly doing quests because my clan had like a... Uh, a boss of the week thing going on, and my character is oh, not yeah, quite the, the strong Oh, yeah, the fishing enough. thing. Yeah. Uh, I didn't rank in the top three with the fishing. It, it's okay. What? What? Uh, you said you would. I tried, but a dude came in midway and just fucking destroyed everybody. Like, he beat out the number two spot by one and a half million experience. Holy cow. Yeah, just a fucking sweaty dude. Just a, just a real fucking unbathed dude going on there. Um, gross. Yeah. <laughs> this story has become gross. <laughs> it's a. It was kind of demoralizing, but the way it's I set imagine. up. The way it's set up is that uh, for the next two, he's not allowed to rank at all. Like he can do it. But he'll only get the participation trophy, like participation prize thing. Um, gotcha. So, so he can't blow us out of the water this yeah, week. He, he he can't just sweep everything. Yeah. So he was actually a little salty about that during the boss of the week thing because he was gonna sweat through that one also. And then people were like, "Yo, can you read? Like it said that you can't rank." <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, boo-hoo. Yeah. But, uh, so, the the last week was boss of the week, and so uh, I'm not strong enough to really fight any of the bosses, so I spent most of that time just doing quests, making my character stronger. Yeah, uh, yeah, playing like, the game. Yeah, the very last quest I did was called Regicide, which is one of the harder one, harder mid-game ones to get through. Uh, it's the follow-up to a quest called Underground Pass, which I don't know if I talked about. It made me want to fucking rip my head off. Uh, (laughs) it, it easily takes like two hours to do, and it's just walking through a fucking cave. It's a, it's a puzzle quest, basically. And it's heavily agility focused, uh... And if you don't have incredibly high agility, which I didn't because agility is a bitch to train, then especially later in the in the thing, 
it can drop you down into a pit, dealing a shit ton of damage to you, and also now you have to walk out of the pit and then walk around the pit above to get back to where you were and hope that you don't fail any of the jumps that time. Uh, and during Underground Pass, there were some demons I had to kill, and I had to jump over a thing easily, like, 10 to 15 times, and every time it was the one right before the demons that I fell, o- uh, fell on, and that was very frustrating. And Regicide is the, uh, the sequel to that fucking thing, and it makes you go through the Underground Pass twice. To do it twice. Awesome. Uh, awesome. It was incredibly frustrating, but now it's done, and I never have to walk <laughs> through the underground pass again. I think. Uh-huh. Right. There, uh, there's a staff that underground pass gave me, and apparently, it, it, you charge it at a well inside the pass, but I don't know where. Or when I need to charge it, so I'm not worried about it right now, and my agility will probably be higher by the time I need to do it anyway. So, but not it's fine. enough. Probably not enough. But uh, yeah, it, it, the regicide quest is actually kind of interesting because it turns out that the king, who was sending you on all of these quests to like sort out the plague that w- is being faked in one side of the city, like they've walled off one side of the city claiming that there's a plague and you do a couple of quests to try and cure the plague and then you discover that the plague is fake and the king tells you oh yeah we're the uh dark lord zamorak he's one of the major gods in the game is uh, there people are trying to summon him over there my evil brother over in the forest over there is trying to summon zamorak (laughs) Anyway, it turns out that he's a liar, and he's the one that's trying to summon Zamorak. But I only learned that after he got me to assassinate his brother. Oh. Yeah. So, big twist. Big twist. Uh, Anyway. I just learned a lot about RuneScape that I never gave a fuck about. (laughs) Anyway, this week my clan is um, doing another skill of the week challenge, and it's on thieving. So my hand is going to die because uh, thieving is very click intensive. Okay. Yep. Dead. Tell me about Legends of Eidolon. Uh, not much to say, honestly. No. I, I mean, I I put it on here because I played the game, but. I I think I've just about gotten all of my, like, carry capacities and stuff to the point where I can go, like, a full 24 hours without interacting with it and not miss out on anything. Okay. So, so I really only have to do it, like, a couple times, like, one character once in the morning and then everything else just at the end. Okay. So, yeah. You're getting into the more AFK stuff. Yes. You don't don't have to be paying attention every couple of hours anymore. Yeah, well, I mean, it hasn't had to have been every couple of hours for a a good long while now, but it has been like, yeah, it's been eight hours. Let me (laughs) me open up the game. 
Yeah. So. Uh, so, so tell me about Final Fantasy VII Remake, because you, you're playing more of that, despite the fact that you... Didn't you beat it last week? No. Uh, I did not. You did. No. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, Final Fantasy VII Remake... Every time you reach a boss, I think in in this game, you should assess the enemy and then load the save right before the boss. And I'm going okay. to tell you why. It's because every single boss in this game, almost every single boss in the game, has a weakness to some sort of element. And you are probably not going to be properly set up to fight that boss. And Probably. the game does not allow you to change your materia in the middle of a fight. And this is very frustrating for something like the Hell House that I fought recently. It's a mandatory boss. It's actually taken from the uh, original game. There's a really weird enemy called the Hell House that it's just a house that attacks you. Um Okay. They they gave it more of like a story reasoning behind it, it's a it's a big robot that uh, Don Corneo sicks on you in the Colosseum now. Ah. But the Hell House is weak to all four elements, but it changes through it. The, it like uh, like if yeah. it's if it's yeah. got fire going on right now, then you want to hit it with ice. If it's got thunder going on right now, then you want to hit it with wind. Right. Which but and, and you, you only fight him with two those. characters, and the most materia slots you can have reasonably at this mo- point is about five per character. Gotcha. On uh, on two characters, Cloud and Aerith. Um, and you'll notice the uh, uh, ice, wind, thunder, fire. That's four. Elements. Yep. And each one of those are their own materia. So you probably don't have all four of those materia on going into that fight. Probably not. So I'm going to go ahead and say that the Hell House is a poorly designed boss. (laughs) Or at least the game does have a major flaw in the design in that it does not allow you to change your materia mid-battle. Um, if they're going to have a boss like the Hell House, they need to allow you to do that. Because you could easily not save right before going into that, and your no- nearest load point could be at, like, the beginning of the chapter. Oof. Oof. Yeah. So. But I, I beat the Hell House pretty easily by just regularly save. Saving and then loading the save right before then and changing up my shit. He's still a hard boss. Like, he still killed me a couple of times, but I never, like, game-overed. Okay. Yeah. He, he's still difficult, but if you know what you're doing, then he's manageable. Um, I'm coming up on the section of the game where we put Aerith in a pretty dress and also Cloud gets put in a pretty dress... I like that oh, section yeah. of the game. I really <laughs> like putting Cloud in the pretty dress, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, okay. 
Let's see, what else? I mean, that's pretty much it. It's the same game otherwise, you know. B big sword, swing it. Yep. Um, I, I do... Okay. I think Final Fantasy VII Remake does a lot better of a job than the original game did at both demonstrating that Cloud doesn't really get social cues and also showing him developing an ability to get social cues. Okay. Yeah, like a, a lot of the game up to up to the point where he meets Aerith, he is very just like stoic I'm I'm an ex-soldier. I I don't have feelings. They've been stripped from me. Um Yeah. And then he meets Aerith, and she. there's a whole dungeon you go through with Aerith, and there's, like, crane puzzles that you and Aerith have to work together in order to solve. Um, and after you solve each one, Aerith will try and high-five him. And the first couple of times, he just doesn't understand what she's doing. He's like, yeah. oh, she's put a couple of arms in the air. Uh, what? And then the third time, it, it he puts his arms in the in the air, and she was not actually going for a high five. And then, she, and then she's like, "Did you?" And he's like, "No." <laughs> and then the fourth time, um, she puts her hands in the air and. It, it has you uh, actually interact with it this time. You have to hold the triangle button, and he high-fives her. Stupid. And that, it was cute. It was cute. And it's it, it, I feel like it does a better job showing that like he's, he's starting to understand how people work better than the original game did. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Alright, well, the other thing that we pl played this week oh. is the Mutual Mobile Game, <clears throat> which for this week was Water Sort. John, you tricked me. You tricked me and you lied to me. You asked no. me good or bad, I said good, and you said, okay, we'll play Water Sort. This game sucks. No. John. No. John, what? This game doesn't suck. F okay, first uh, first of all, the game itself is just a basic puzzle game. Yeah. It's, it's just sorting different colors. It, it, it gives you a number of tubes, and the tubes have um, different colored water in them, and you have to get all the tubes to have only the same color water. And you can only pour water on top of water that is the same color. Yeah, or into it's an a, empty tube. Yeah, yeah. It's a pretty simple uh, thing. Like, like it's, it, it's pretty basic, yeah. Yeah, it's it's not hard to grasp. Um, now, sometimes I feel like it bullshits you, and it, it, it'll have, like, the puzzles where you don't know what the waters below the top are. Yeah. 
and yeah, like, it, it it hides what what's below the the visual range, like what, below what's the top, so you can't see that. Yeah, and one time that fucked me over because like you kind of just have to guess which one would be better to sort into a different thing, and then you see the colors underneath, and you're like, well, shit, I can't do anything with those. So that was yeah. frustrating. Um, yeah. But other than that, it's a pretty simple puzzle game. It's fine. It's a fine puzzle uh-huh. game. The ads. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> almost. The, I say almost every time because there were, like, I think I got through 26 of these things. Um, and maybe twice it did not give me an ad after I did a puzzle. It is pretty much just every single one. Yeah. Um, and it's not like one of those ads where you just like can immediately X out of it or anything. Um, it makes you sit there for a while just watching the ad. Um, a lot of them you can't even turn the sound off, so I just had to turn the sound all the way off on my phone, on my phone. Because I was like, I was like, okay, I'm just going to chill. I'll like woodcut in, in RuneScape and I'll open up this thing while I'm talking to my friends on here. And then I hit the first ad and it started screaming at me and I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> yep. Uh, so that was frustrating. Uh, oh, and sometimes the ad is just there forever. Uh, it, it. If you try and touch it anywhere, it just goes straight to the Google Play thing to get this other game. Yeah, um, there there are a few ads like that, and it's it's not so much a problem with Water Sort uh, as it is with the ad um, uh, company that serves these ads because they don't they don't get to choose what ads go on their games. Uh, but the there are a few. Uh, ads for products out there that they like Satan himself rose from hell to design these ads. Yeah. And there's no clickable places. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. That's not a problem. That's not water sorts fault. Um, it's just, gosh, the- but it was part of my experience with this game. And in fact, yeah. was the majority of my experience with the game. <laughs> Was dealing with the ads. There, there is a lot of ads. But okay, I, I will, I will mention. Did you enjoy the puzzle part? Yeah, they're fine. I mean, I'm okay. pretty bad at puzzle games. These were doable for me, so I, I liked so, that. Let Let me tell you my my history with this game because I do have a history with this game. Um, I played this game a pretty good amount. Uh two years ago i want to say okay. maybe it was just yeah no it was, it was two years ago. it was during the pandemic really and um i i think i found the game it was either my wife or i found the game and and started playing it and we're like yeah this this is pretty fun but i mean ads are kind of ridiculous but we really enjoy the the game itself and then we looked into the shop portion of the game, uh-huh. and you, you can turn off ads for a dollar. 
Oh, is that the cost for not getting ads anymore? Yeah, yeah, it's it's $1, and then you never have to see an ad again in the game. Uh, okay, that's not strictly true. If you uh, add on the um, uh, bonus... There are, there are three things you can do in the puzzle. You can reset the puzzle, which if you are... A, a free player of the game means you're watching an ad. You can go back up to five um, moves, and then for each one beyond that, you watch an ad, and it gives you uh, the ability to do more. Or you can add on an, another vial. Or yeah, they, they've actually recently updated it. You get, like, at least for me as a paid player, you get two partial vials. You get, like, a, a one-segment vial, and then you get it it, it upgrades it to a two-segment vial. Yeah, I didn't know what those an did, and I did accidentally add an extra vial at one point, and it was just a one, a small one-section vial. <coughs> yeah, so after the second one, you can watch an ad, and then you can do it. So that's, that's still, like, like still the paid version, you still can see ads, but really it's you can see ads if you're bad at the game. Right. Because... My understanding from reading through the reviews and stuff uh, two years ago is that every single level is beatable without purchasing any of any extra vials, except around level three thousand something. Oh, uh, the Candy Crush style. Yeah, there is one uh, level that is just not beatable without getting an extra vial, which fortunately na- back when I was playing this you, you you had to watch an ad for the vial uh, no matter what. But now with the partial vials, yeah it's, it's it would be doable now. Okay, uh, so basically the business model of this game is, hey, we're a pretty fun puzzle game. Don't you wish you didn't have to deal with a fucking ad for two minutes after every single thing? Pay us a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Yeah. Um, and Bullshit. so both my wife and I did pay a dollar, and uh, we we both played for a good bit. I played to, like, level... I think it was, like, 200 or 300 uh, before I, I... I think I downloaded the uh, other puzzle game that I play now. Um, <laughs> the... Uh, Simon Tathams? Simon Tathams, yeah. Um, Which, I mean, I just just play that exclusively now if I want puzzle games. Right. Um, But uh, my wife kept playing, and she got to somewhere in the (laughs) mid-2000s. Because it is actually quite a fun game. Once you pay the dollar to get past the ads. Right. And it is necessary for playing to to get the pay the dollar. Although she did she did play it for like a week uh bef- without w- with ads before we paid the dollar. Yeah, very often playing the game, I just had to go to the Google Play Store for the game it was trying to sell me and then just close the Play Store and the game. 
and then open it again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the game has updated uh, a bit since I played it last. Uh, it has a little calendar, and you could do daily challenges. Oh, okay. Uh, which is, is, is kind of cool. Uh, they're really hard. Uh, the daily challenge for day 21 of uh, this month is... Uh, everything is question marks. And when you click a vial and it raises up so you can pour it into something else, then you can see the top color. Uh, so you kind of have to go through, click everything, and then figure out where you want to go from there. Right. So, that's kind of miserable. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think the yeah. I, the puzzles where they're hiding shit from you is, are the most bullshit. Like you can't you can't not tell me what's going on in the puzzle. That's not a puzzle. That's a guessing game. Yeah. Oh. Oh gosh. The hide. <laughs> I'm I'm actively playing the uh, the challenge one right now, uh-huh. and I, I I just quit out of it. But turns out that when you pour a color into another thing, it becomes a question mark. Oh my god. And then when you put another one of the same color on top of it, and you click on it again, uh, it still only shows you the top color. Ugh. So, yeah. That's just unnecessary. It, well, I mean, it's it's a challenge. Um, gosh, when when Kristen was at like the two... 2000s, wherever she was in there, it was ri- ridiculous. Like, I... She, they're they're hard puzzles. It was hard to get there. Uh, we have now since stopped playing the game, and uh, the reason for that is uh, our phones were were dying. Like they they were they were really old, bad phones at that point. Yeah, and so we got new phones, and it does not have cloud save, or at least it did not at the time. So she would have had to start from level one. And that's just really demoralizing. Yeah, that's, so, uh, I'm good on that. So so, <laughs> so we stopped. <laughs> yeah, this is one of those games where it's like, this is a really good game, except for the ads. But at least you can pay a little bit of money and move past that. But it's definitely abusing you to get that money. Yeah, well... <laughs> I mean, they they gotta get there, get paid somehow. And right. They're getting honestly, paid by all those fucking ads. A dollar's not bad. <laughs> also, HeroScape uh, can go fuck itself. Whatever the fuck that yep. game is. <laughs> Saw a lot of fucking HeroScape ads. <laughs> yep. Which looks like a fucking another goddamn puzzle game where you make enemy, uh, you you make your little dude fight a dude, and you just yep. get your ass kicked. Yep. And and what they thought would be a sexy lady, there, chained up. Great. It's not even hot. Yep. Nope. <laughs> nope. Is that on the list of shit to play? Please don't let it Heroes- be. Heroescape? No. 
don't know. There's something called Homescapes down here. That can't be what I saw. <laughs> that has a toilet. What the fuck? Don't worry about it. We'll we'll get to that game. We will get to that <laughs> game for sure. All right, yeah. moving on. Game facts. The facts about the how to be a complete bastard. The the meter always dies when we get to the uh, the name of the game. Yeah, well, because very few games are uh, like two syllables, singular, like like a single syllable. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, today we're gonna play Tether. <laughs> Tether. Yeah, I've never Tetris. heard of Tether. It's like it's like it's like Tet. Oh. We're, we're gonna play Tet. Play Tet. Ah, yes, my my favorite the game. The facts Super about the Tet. <laughs> Tell me more about Tets. Uh, go ahead. How to Be a Complete Bastard is a 1987 adventure game developed by Sentinet Software and published by Virgin Interactive for the ZX Spectrum, Amstrad CPC, and Commodore 64. This is a first for the Amstrad CPC in particular, I think. It is not. It is not. I feel like the last one we talked about was also Amstrad CPC. Uh, Amstrad CPC shows up all the fucking time, dude. I remembered Amstrad, but I thought the CPC part was new. No. Damn. No, it's, it's not, dude. You've said this like three times about this in particular. No, it, this is the first time new. for the Amstrad. It's not new. It is absolutely not. There was another one where I was like, oh, this is a first for this one, and that one turned out to be not true. But that wasn't the Amstrad. Yeah. That was something else. Yeah. you. The, these have shown up. Dozens of times. Well, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm familiar with the ZX Spectrum and obviously the Commodore 64 at this point. But like, I guess uh, also, the, the Amstrad just uh, fucking leaves in my mind every time we move past it. Also, it's sentient software, not sentient. Oh. Uh, we can, we I, can move I, on. I put in an extra N there. Oh, my bad. <laughs> Sentinel. Let's <laughs> make it an entirely different word. In How to Be a Complete Bastard, you play as a gatecrasher of a party full of nice people and must do all in your power to prove to all 16 guests that you are a complete bastard. Which, I mean, you're yeah. off to a good start crashing a party. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Gate crashing is... Uh, no, don't do it. Yeah. Unless yeah. they're chill with it, but then that's not crashing. It's only crashing I, like, if people aren't chill with it. The only acceptable crashing is if you're with someone who was invited. Right. But that's just like, a plus one. Yeah. Most parties have an unspoken plus one. Yeah. Yeah. Except but, for complete bastards. Unless it's like a, a... Like, hey, can I get together with you next week and have lunch? That, there's no unspoken plus one there. There's not. No, no, there isn't. It is you and me having lunch. That is it. Yeah. If you bring another yep. person, I will kill them. <laughs> <laughs> and you, because you disrespected me. Fuck you. <laughs> All right. Many olive gardens with just stacks of bodies behind the dumpster. <laughs> Okay, so to be a complete bastard, you may steal from other people, throw dog turds, that's just gross, 
Take drugs. That's just awesome. Cut people's hair off. Oh, uh, uh, stabbing people with pens. Shock people. Set fire to people. Uh, and pee or fart on or near anything or anybody. Yep. <clears throat> In fact, uh, peeing and farting is a key part of the game. Uh, there's uh, alcohol, uh, like infinite amounts of alcohol, so you can quickly get your drunkometer up and uh, your weeometer uh, as well, which is how much you can pee. Uh, and then there's your fartometer based off of what you're eating and your stinkometer, which is how much you in particular smell and how much your farts will smell. Yep. So it's all it's all carefully controlling these things by eating particular foods and drinking particular drinks. And yeah. So I just feel that once you get to the port part where you're setting fire to people, you've gone past complete bastard territory and you're just like a murderer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're just attempting murder on people, <laughs> which yeah. is a bastard thing to do, but you generally don't. <laughs> Correct. You, you generally don't describe it as that. You're just like, wow, you're attempting to murder people. <laughs> yep. Let me call the police. Jesus. The game is based on an identically titled comedy book by Adrian Edmondson, which itself was based on a st stage and TV act by Rick Mayall and the aforementioned Adrian Edmondson, now Aid Edmondson, titled The Dangerous Brothers. They are a, uh, a British pair. Okay. Yeah. The show is a slapstick, irreverent comedy featuring live crocodiles on set, blank-firing submachine guns, consumption of toilet... <laughs> consumption of toilet cleaner, which don't do that at kids' home. That kills you. Yeah. Don't do that at kids' home is what I said. Don't do that at yep. kids' home. <laughs> Yep. Am I okay? Am I having a stroke? <laughs> yes. Do I yes, smell toast? Uh, I don't know. Do you I don't smell toast. toast? toast I'm okay. Or... I'm okay. Don't do that at home, kids. <laughs> uh, setting themselves on fire, which actually left aid with serious burns, and many other acts. Yeah, also don't set yourselves on fire, kids. Yeah. Yeah. Or people. Just don't. <laughs> don't do that. Don't just don't set yourself on kids, fire. <laughs> I mean also that. Don't set yourself on kids. I'll call the police. It also featured other iconic comedians like Hugh Laurie and Stephen Fry. Fantastic duo. As well oh, as Edmondson's wife Jennifer Saunders who you might know better from her roles as Mrs. Bloveridge on Muppet Treasure Island or the voice of the fairy godmother in Shrek 2. Yeah. Okay. She's got... She's really pretty as well. She's got bona fides. Mm -hmm. Listen, the fairy godmother is also pretty. Yeah. She's a hot grandma. 
She is. Yeah. Aid was no slouch either, going on to be a regular on the British icon EastEnders, as well as his eventual role as as well as his eventual role as Captain Peavy in Star Wars: The Last Jedi. If you were to ask me who Captain Peavy is, I could not tell you. <laughs> yeah, I had to look him up too. Uh. I mean, there's a lot of characters in Star Wars like that. Like, yeah. I th- even major roles. Even very major characters, like the, uh... Yeah, do, you, do you know Mon Mothma? Do you no. know who that is? I've heard the name. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, she's in, um, episode four and six, and she was supposed to be in episode three, but they cut that from the film, but it is in the deleted scenes in the, uh, the, the DVDs. Um, yeah. Uh, she's also in Andor and in uh, Rogue One. She's the leader of the Rebel Alliance. But, like, I could also not tell you the uh, commander of the Death Star in A New Hope. And he's, like, oh, a gosh. major character. <laughs> yeah. Moff Tarkin. Grand Moff Tarkin. Grand Moff Tarkin. See, I reckon if if you were to say Grand Moff Tarkin, I would know. Oh, that's the uh, that's the commander of the Death Star. But if you ask yeah. me who the commander of the Death Star is, I will not come up with Grand Moff Tarkin. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> I know Greedo. <laughs> yep. Peter Cushing is such a fantastic. He is. He was. He, he was. Doctor Who, for a couple of movies. He doesn't get counted though. No. Was was he? Wasn't it? That's Peter Cushing. No. The the AD twenty one fifty or whatever. That's Peter Cushing. Well, I I guess it is. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Doctor Who and the Daleks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We don't count him though because he was no, basically just being the first Doctor. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. In and a was... joke movie. Uh huh. Terrible yeah. movie. Terrible. Sentient Software wasn't around for long, from 1985 to 1989, but it produced more than a dozen games in that time, most of which being book or board game adaptations. But they did produce several cheaper knockoffs of games like Castlevania or Commando that performed well and allowed players who couldn't shell out the extra dough to get a similar experience. And in most cases, the games were a lot prettier. But also, Castlevania is just a bad game. So. Yeah, it, it is. You're playing a prettier version of a bad game. There's no reason to go back to, like, the first three Castlevanias. No. No, there's there's not. I mean, yeah. it, when it was out, it was kind of a, a big deal, but... Today, um, in the year of our Lord 2022, spend your time on better things. Like Symphony of the Night. Moby Games, a catalog of credits, screenshots, formats, and release info about all electronic games, identifies this game as one of the first three to have a profane title, the first of which was the 1984 Pac-Man clone for the MSX, Oh Shit, which is essentially just Pac-Man, 
But if you get caught by a monster, then a digitized voice yells, Oh, shit! <laughs> For some reason, they also made a non-offensive version titled, Oh, no! Which y- you can guess. What What's the third one? The third one? There were three games to have a profane title. We have oh, How to Be a Complete it was Bastard. Some some Russian thing. Um, some Russian like, thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, here, I, I can pull it up real quick. Uh, that's how, I, uh, that's how I, I refer to any new Steam game. Uh, yeah, that's some Russian thing. I'm going to throw this through uh, Google Translate first, because I don't want to just say this. Um... Because I feel like that's a good way to... We're going to do the bare minimum to translate this title. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Google Translate, and let's go. Dot. We can't afford to hire a Russian translator. Like, it's, come on. It's, it's Polish. Ooh. <laughs> it's Polish. Uh, wow. Yeah. That's offensive. Kr- Kroluna Jibakska, which means queen fucker. Queen fucker! <laughs> I would play Queen Fucker. Uh, Queen Fucker is a four stages arcade game. The first three stages are reminiscent of the game Pac-Man, where the task is to eat all the dots on the board and reach the exit, avoiding contact with the spirit. The last stage has a pornographic character. You play as a dick, requiring to score the princess as many times as possible within the specified time. Never mind. I would not play Queen Fucker. <laughs> I'm shooting you a uh, picture. It's two of my least favorite things. Pac-Man and playing as a dick. (laughs) Here's here's the... Oh, damn. No, there we go. Oh, that's embarrassing. (laughs) It's literally just like the dick your friend drew in his uh, history notebook in the fifth grade. Yeah. Yep. Honestly, your your friend probably drew better balls than this. Probably. <laughs> this is bad. Oh. <clears throat> yep. That's in my Discord history forever now. <laughs> yeah, I can I can delete it. <laughs> the metadata would still be there. Yep, it, it oh, is. You deleted it. That's fine. At least uh, we're we're good now. <coughs> Surprisingly, How to Be a Complete Bastard was not just made digitally, but analog as well with the Paul Lamont Games Limited, Paul Lamont Games Limited published board game of the same title. In the board game, you play cards with unpleasant dares on them that if not performed satisfactorily, satisfactorily moves you further on the board. The point being to be the player furthest away from the sewage works at the end of the board. And that is just the facts. The sewage works? Yep. <clears throat> okay. You you move along the board basically through sewage lines. You start at like a toilet and then you, you get flushed down the drain to the, the sewage. I don't know what this has to do with crashing a party anymore. Oh, no, nothing whatsoever. Okay. Uh, the, 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 <laughs> book is, <clears throat> the book is How to Be a Complete Bastard, uh, which right. is, is not... Uh, how to be a dick at a party, it's how to be a complete bastard. Uh, it's just, just in everyday life? Com- yeah. Yeah, it, just in general. Um, 
things like going to the um, oh. so I mean this this is a pretty old book. Uh, I mean the book came out in like 1986 or something. Uh, Nelson Mandela was in prison at the time, and uh, almost every university had a free Nancy Nelson Mandela club. Uh, that was all about, you know, trying to influence the world to get him released. Right. Uh, which I guess technically eventually worked, but I don't think you can really count that back to the university clubs. No, I'm not going to give um, them that credit. <clears throat> but one of one of the things in the, the book is to uh, join the local free Nan- Nelson Mandela club and ask for your free Nelson Mandela. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah, stuff like that. I hate it. So, so the the video game version of this took it a direction where they could try and use as many things as possible from the book, which you know, gay crashing a, a nice people party is is a good option for that. Whereas the board game book just tried to, uh, it's basically. Uh, I dare you to do this, and if you don't, then you have to move further into the board. Uh, whereas if you do, you stay safe, but uh, I guess... I don't know. It's one of those games where, like, losing the game is actually potentially winning the game. Because <laughs> uh, you're cause less of a you... complete bastard. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, well. Moving right on along. Alright. Uh, we're... we're... We're resuming our our new, hopefully continuing um, segment, One Hit Blunders. And this time we're talking the Dexy's Midnight Runners To Rye album. Their second album. Yep. I actually, I yeah. learned some interesting things just doing like uh, the bare modicum of research for this, uh, into this album. Um like, it, it, for their first album, they had an entire horn section. Uh, yep. They they have a horn section for this album, but before they started production on the album, they all quit because he decided to hire <laughs> violinists. Yeah, which which is understandable. 100%. <laughs> like like I I don't I I have. Why would you disrespect this horn section by hiring violinists? How dare you put them next uh, to those filthy violinists? That's... I'll be honest, it's I just... didn't understand the conflict. <laughs> uh... <laughs> I read that they quit when a- after he hired violinists, and I'm like, why? <laughs> yeah. And then uh... they were still willing to be, like, session musicians. Like, they still, they still hung around and played for the album. I don't get it. I think... To some degree, they thought that they were more of a uh, a big deal. Like they they were more of a part of the band than they actually were. And it, then listen. this 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 show them like I I doubt that Kevin Rowland was like, oh yeah, um, I, I really think we could do with some violinists. So do you know anyone? Let me let me just uh you know w- you want to vet these people for me, and then we could have. I think it was like we got Helen O'Hara and Steve Brennan. No, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
So, Ke- I-, I do know a little bit about this band. Um, Kevin Rowland is definitely one of those, he is the band people. Um, yeah. If you notice their, like, music videos and album covers, the band is always, like, in one unified, like, outfit. He themed every album around shit. Uh, yeah. And he wrote all of the songs. He's the lead singer. He's He is the band. Um, so he's definitely one of those, like, control freak kind of things. But also... In 1982, you cannot be this fucking bullheaded as a horn section. You're lucky you're around. You can be replaced <laughs> so easily in 1982 with a synthesizer. Like, and, and most people would not notice. M- most people would not notice that you were no longer a real horn section. Mm. The, the average consumer... No. You you can tell. You can. S- if you're really listening, you can tell. Synthesizers really only got good in like the the late nineties, early nineties. You Listen, can you can synthesizers tell. Synthesizers have always been good. No. No. Well I, okay. I'll say that synthesizers <laughs> have always been good, but like like accurate. Not until the late. Yeah, accurate, not so much. Yeah, not always accurate in early years, especially the seventies. You could a hundred percent tell the difference. Um, I mean, I like having the real horns here. I'm just saying, a lot of people would not care or notice. Yeah, Uh, and and I'll I'll push back a little bit. You you said that he wrote all the songs. Uh, Jim Patterson, uh, big Jim Patterson. What co-wrote the, um, the album? Okay, yeah, and uh, he was also considered the the Dexies co-leader. So I I think this was a thing of like Roland thought he was more in charge than he was. Yeah, uh, which I guess is wrong because he is in charge. He just you know kicked him out. Um, <laughs> uh, but, but Jim, Jim Patterson was the, the trombonist for the horn section. And ah, when one of the ones that quit. Yep. And that explains a bit more. Uh, yeah. So like he co-wrote the album and then after co-writing the album, uh, Kevin Rowland was like, oh, Hey, yeah, I'm going to hire the these two violinists. I'm going to hire these two violinists and also, uh, rearrange all of the music to add strings. Right, to to accommodate these two violinists. Yeah. Which, um, um, the violins on this album are awesome. He was right. They're now, okay. They're, they're a little overused. Yeah. Uh, th- yeah. They're a bit everywhere. But they are yeah. good. <laughs> Okay, so what did you think of the album overall? Okay, so... Um... I thought it started pretty well. Uh-huh. It, it has a, it has I, another banger opening track, uh, The Celtic yeah, the, Soul the Brothers. The Celtic Soul Brothers, more please. Uh, which is in itself a, uh... uh, uh not a one-hit wonder, but another hit. It, I think it placed number one. Um, in, in a different country, in, it's in, this in is the UK. Yeah, 
Yeah, they're a one-hit wonder in America. Yeah. So, yeah, it 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 was also a hit and uh and you know, it, it kind of deserves it. It's pretty good. It's it's I awesome. Like, let's I like let's make this precious. That's another all good in one. All was good. Um and then it just started to get long. And Yeah. And honestly like the it was bad. When I was looking at I'll Show You, which is uh, track number seven on the album, I was like, this song is fucking taking forever. And then I looked, and it is the it's shortest, the shortest song, song on the album. On the entire album. And I was like, <laughs> holy fuck, this song is taking forever. It's so long. The thing it's is... It's half the, the length of any other song. Once you once you get into the middle of the album, like, you've been listening to these fucking violins for so long. And it's, yeah. it starts to feel like they're all the same song. Yes. <laughs> and it, it doesn't help that... Man, they... Especially, actually, between Plan B and I'll Show You... Um, six and seven on the thing. Plan B ends with this, uh, what sounds like a bridge thing, like like just a long bridge. And so once I'll show you starts, it sounds like it's just Plan B picking back up into a different part, like some kind of fucking prog rock kind of thing. Yeah. Um. And uh, the old the the song old includes a reprise of Let's Make It Precious. Let's make this precious at the end. Yes. And like it's it's just the This album is all over the place. <laughs> and also like the 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 album is bonkers in many ways. So like uh Plan B was previously a single. Um and then they they re they had the song soon as well for this, and then they just Turned soon into the opening section of Plan B. Like, the, the song soon doesn't exist. Anymore. Well, okay, it does. I think it's the B-side of uh, another single they did. So um, this does kind of, uh, this does kind of play. <laughs> They're still kind of doing, um, in the 60s and 70s, like, the UK, uh, UK artists especially would, like, release singles, and then you would never see the singles on an album. And the, yeah, they're kind of in that vein still. This is the early '80s. That trend is kind of dying at this point, but it hasn't completely died yet. Yeah. So you'll have you'll have singles from a band that you'll never hear on any of the album, or the, like with old, it'll get reworked, or, or soon it'll get reworked into like a short section of another song. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did like Jackie Wilson said. I like that song. It's okay. Uh, until I believe in my soul, I felt like my soul was dying. Thank you. (laughs) I, I, this song, I, it it baffles me. Because, like, I, I, I read the lyrics, like, three times and was like, I don't understand what this means and then so i I looked up because you know lots of people it's all bullshit but lots of people will will post like lyrics meanings for blah song so i was like maybe somebody else has figured it out (laughs) this is this is about drugs because the the hollow sorrow and this other and i was like whatever fuck off you don't 
no shit. Um, but it 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 sounded really incelly to me, cause it was like I was such a good boy. I let you hold the door so kind, so nice. Where's my prize? <laughs> it's like yeah. All right, I I'm I'm good. I'm I'm uh feminist. I let you hold the door. So I'll be honest. I, I didn't catch any of the fucking lyrics to the song. It's just seven minutes of the same goddamn violins, and it's yeah. it's so much, and it's I just bad. want it to end, and it's the song yeah. right before Come On Eileen, and at this point, I've listened to this album enough to know it's the song right before Come On Eileen, and I just want to yeah. hear Come On Eileen at this point. <clears throat> yeah. It's... It's bad. Like, I'm looking at it now. I know I was an arrogant boy, but I let you hold the door. Oh, I was kind. I was nice. Where's the prize? I don't under... I I get what it you're saying, but I also... really neckbeardy. I also don't get it, because he's not talking about, I held the door. He says, I let you hold the door. Yeah, well, okay, but... but... Just like I was saying, though, it could be like, look, I'm a feminist. I'm not going to, like, run out of my way. I, I let you hold the door because, like, I, I respect you as a woman. Now fuck me. Um, Tonight I lost sight of all purpose. Despite all this trickery you told me was right. It, the, the, the rest of the album, it doesn't make, none of it makes sense. And I'm on the train from New Street to Houston. I'm going out to Harrow again, and I'm trying to get the feeling that I had in 1972. What? Yeah. Oh, what so, a night! <laughs> so, uh, the other confusing part about this is, uh, it, it's, gosh, it's released so many times. And, like, I understand that, like, when you get a, 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 a another release, a lot of times, like with a deluxe edition, you'll put on bonus tracks and stuff. Yeah, I wasn't expecting there to be any confu- confusion with what album I was talking about because I literally own a copy of this album and it's yeah. 10 songs long and I've never heard of any other version of the album. <laughs> so uh, when I looked up the album, it, it popped up with the YouTube link to listen to the album, and it is 15 songs long, because that is what the US CD was. Uh, it comes with the Show Me single, which uh, everything comes after Come On Eileen. Which <coughs> is an insane, uh, whole insane move. That's it's clearly just like for the U.S. version, they tacked on a few extra songs because you should move "Come on Eileen" to the bottom, no matter what. It is a closer. Like that is, it's a fantastic closing track. It can't be in the middle of an album. (laughs) Um, so "Show Me," which is a single, "Dubious," which is the B side to the single "Come on Eileen." Okay. Um, the Sound of Philadelphia, uh, which is the B-side to Jackie Wilson Said. So they just tacked uh, on a bunch of singles and B-sides to the... Let's Get This Straight from the Start, which is a single, and <laughs> Reminisce Part 1, which is the Celtic Soul Brothers B-side. B-side. Yeah, they just tacked on singles and B-sides to the, the back end for the US version yeah. for some reason. Yeah. And 
this is also not unheard of. Um, it, like UK albums will come over to the US and they'll have like a couple of extra songs or they'll be rearranged. Like actually the Clash's first album, I forget what it's called, but it's generally, it's, uh, the US version is generally regarded as a better arrangement for that album than the UK version. Yeah, Cause j- just like people's tastes and shit, like, like, we hear things in a certain order and we like it better than a different order. And then across the pond, they'll like it in the other order. But it's, it's, it's a lack of thought going into this to just tack them all on at the end and not rearrange the album to accommodate for them. Um, see, in general, I'd say, the album started pretty good. Yes. And then... Just and then you hit old. Horrible. It was horrible. Uh, and then it ended with Come On Eileen, which was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the, the first bit of the album deserves to be listened to again. I, 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 I listened to it a few times, and then I, I got to old, and I was like, skip. <laughs> now, I honestly do like Plan B, and... I'm okay with Liars A to E, but old, and I'll show you, and Until I Believe in My Soul, especially, God, that song is interminable. Like, those yes. three are real weak points on the album. Yeah. Um, uh, as for Come On Eileen, I have literally only ever heard this song in grocery stores. <laughs> Not a big um oldie like like oldies radio listener. No, classic no, rock I, radio. Dude, there's 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 not an oldies radio in my uh, city anymore. Um, there there is classic rock, but I don't know that this. Because like I couldn't even tell you when I discovered this song. It's just been a part of my life forever. Like it, it feels like I was born with knowledge of "Come On Eileen." Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, they they wouldn't be classic rock because they're 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 pop rock. It's, yeah. This this is poppy. Listen, at, once you once you hit the eighties, everything just gets fucking thrown into classic. Like they'll play like fucking Black Sabbath and call it classic rock. Uh, and then I guess the last thing I want to say is, uh, so the, the TKO horns, the, the, the split off horn section. Yeah. Uh, went on to, uh, perform regularly with Elvis Costello. Oh. <laughs> they, they are his, his horn section. That's cool. Yeah. Elvis Costello is awesome. I love Elvis Costello. Yeah. Uh, I will say, I, I understand why Come On Eileen is a one-hit wonder. Even though even though a lot of these songs are really good and it, like should be listened to, um, Kevin Rowland is kind of a weak singer. Not in, in like his, his voice. His voice is fine. It's just that he's completely unintelligible most of the time yeah, gosh, to American voice. ears. Like, like, it's very difficult to parse out what he's saying at all. 
I so, I have no such problem with that. I I both listen to a lot of British and Scottish and Irish and other unintelligible voices to much of America. Um, <laughs> I've I've I had no issues whatsoever hearing what okay. he was saying. I um, do. He he just dude, his voice sucks. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he has a he has a little bit of a froggishness to his voice. Yeah. But yeah. like it's not the worst thing, but it's not it, it it's not everybody's uh flavor. Yeah, but, and he he does the the affectation with his voice, which is uh, is very common for that time period. Uh, it it is uh the like Elvis like <laughs> like like that the the weird affectation of the voice that isn't your standard speaking or, or singing voice they like really change it to to be different and he he does that a lot yeah uh, and I don't I don't like it it is very much not in vogue anymore which I am thankful for but all in, I, I like this album it's not it's, it's not like top tier but it's it's pretty good like you said it falls apart in the middle two long songs very long old is almost six minutes plan b is five minutes until i believe in my soul is seven minutes and it's not like champagne supernova goes on for almost eight minutes but that song is awesome so it's acceptable It's 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 good for most of it. So <laughs> until I believe in my soul is seven minutes, and you want it to be over after thirty seconds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You kind of wanted it to want it to be over before it even starts because it's the same as everything else you've just listened to. Yeah. the The violins are really getting on you at that point. <laughs> yeah. That's. <laughs> That's that's what violins do. It's also uh, why the horns left because they knew that. Yeah, like it, I like the violins in some in a lot of these songs, but every single one of them has violins, and it becomes just a, a mesh of violin. And yeah. you really only want that when you're listening to like an orchestra. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Well, that was Two Rye. Two Rye. Nonsense album what? name, also. Oh yeah, it is. And it's not even like the. It's named that because of Come On Eileen, but in Come On Eileen, it's a Two Rye Lou Rye. Lou Rye. Two Rye Lou Rye. Two Rye Lou Rye. Yeah. So it should be Lou Rye if it's, yeah. if he wants to put three of the sounds together that fit to, but no whatever yeah um what are you looking fuck forward you to kevin roland um glass onion is coming out this this week the sequel to knives out and i am going to go Ooh. to the fucking theater and watch that shit that sounds nice yes i'm so excited that movie's gonna be so hot god I might go too. Unfortunately, it can't be at the Alamo Draft House, which is where I prefer to watch movies like this. Yeah. Because yeah. it is completely sold out. 
No, yeah. But there's like a Flix brew house in Round Rock, and I think we'll be able to get tickets there, so. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to wonder if the um, Studio Movie Grill has it. I try to go to the Draft House when I can, but it's it's really hard, especially in the first week of a movie coming out. We don't have a Draft House over here. Damn. So, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, what about you, John? What are you looking forward to? Uh, Thanksgiving. Yeah? Yeah. You doing anything Um, special? I'm staying at home and cooking a Thanksgiving meal. (laughs) Okay. No family coming over or anything? No, we used to do that. And, well, I mean, we used to go to family. Yeah. And we just... During the pandemic, we we didn't for what should be obvious reasons. Right. And we loved it. And (laughs) so... (laughs) so No more of that. So the next year we were like, that was awesome. Let's do it again. And this will just be our... our, um, This is our holiday to ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. This this is the, the new family tradition. We're allowed to make traditions for our family. So this will be one of them. And, uh, the tradition is not seeing family. And uh, <laughs> when when we did it last year, uh, there was a little bit of pushback from my family, uh, and finally they you know accepted it because they had they to have to. Gonna, yeah, <laughs> and then literally every single one of them got sick. Oh well. Oh, I remember yeah, you telling me that. Yep, because of Thanksgiving, and it was really a, a, a big old justification for me of like, yep. yeah, uh, th- th- there's there's a reason why we don't want to come hang out and, and get sick altogether, because uh, my sister does not actually care one bit whether her kids are sick or not. She's going to bring them over, and we don't uh, want to be sick. Yep, yep, she is one of those. <sighs> Which... It's frustrating because the other side of the family, it's like uh, one of the kids is sick, so uh, we're we're not going to come. And yeah, like uh, the you. house is boarded up. Thank you very much. I appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, it. It shows consideration for for others. Your other, yeah, especially for family. Like, <laughs> like I understand. Like, uh, who cares about strangers? But like, I mean, you should. You, you should, but uh, <laughs> a lot of people don't. Um, but, like, this is a family. You don't want to get your family sick. They're, they actually care about you in the slightest. Right. Um, so, but now, they yeah. can die of COVID. It's fine. You need to have ham with them. Yeah. And especially <laughs> the fact that, again, I work food retail. So this time of the year is the most stressful time of the year. And... Then turning around and going to two different family holiday things is really, really, really stressful. Especially when, you know, I have to cook food for both of those as well. And and then, like, you're bouncing forth, like, back and forth between the two families. And it's a whole day of the thing. And then you just go home exhausted. Mm-hmm. And, again, they don't care if they're sick. So they just bring them by anyways. And... Uh, when you're really stressed out and exhausted from an entire month of retail hell, 
Right. You you get sick. Yes. And I don't want to get sick. Yeah. Take plus, care of yourself. Fuck them. Plus, my food is better. <laughs> they don't let you cook. So. Oh no! I I mean I I cook, but like I only cook one thing for them. Everyone else pitches in, and oh, it's like a potluck so kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, despite the fact that I now have to cook all the stuff myself, I it's still it's better. I cook really good food. So. Yeah. Okay. This year's going to be a little bit different because uh, I went in my freezer and we didn't have a turkey frozen and all the turkeys I've seen at the store have been gigantic and it's... You you want the smallest turkey you can find. That's where the flavor is. Is the If it gets too big, it's it doesn't taste good. So you want the smallest one you can find and uh, it, they just they just don't have any small turkeys this year. I'll be honest, um, I just don't actually like turkey that much. I would rather have a ham. A properly cooked turkey can be really, really good. Nevertheless, it is still the bottom tier of meats. <laughs> but, like, you could also... we uh, uh, When I was a kid, we did this one year. Everybody just got their own small bird. Oh, okay. The they, um, Cornish Game Hen? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The Cornish yeah. Hens, yeah. That's 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 fine. Yeah, Corn, Cornish Game Hens are, are, are tasty. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I spatchcock my turkey, and I, I rub it really well with, like, salt and herbs and stuff, and it, it becomes delicious and juicy and stuff. But I... Absolutely, I, I don't disagree with anyone that says that they don't like turkey, because at the end of the day, the best tasting turkey is less than any other food. <laughs> Most well, other meats are better. Uh, goose is worse. Or maybe we just had oh, a bad no. goose. You had a bad goose. Because we had sad. goose one year as a kid, and it was like, it was too fatty. It was, like, gross. I mean, it is very fatty, but that's that's where a lot of the flavor is. You just have to treat it right. Yeah, it, it didn't come out well. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, this this year, uh, we didn't have a, a turkey in our freezer, so we're, we're just going to do ham, because we did have one of those. Yeah, ham's good, though. I love ham. Ham is good. Good old honey ham. I think we're going to friends for Thanksgiving. Maple glazed. All right. uh, Next week, we're going to talk about anime. Yeah. And uh, Infinite Dendrogram Volume 4. Oh, really? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I guess it is time. Yep. Well, sure. Yeah, it can be time. Do you want to put it off another week? Are you not ready for it? No, no, it it can be time. Okay. It, it, it can be time. We can talk about that. <laughs> What's the uh, subtitle on that? Subtitle on four? I have no idea. I can look it up real quick. <laughs> I don't have it right in front of me. It's still in the other room. Oh. Uh, I yeah. imagine it has something to do with... Franklin's game. 
click on the thing. Yep. I think it's just called Franklin's Game, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. And it has it has our favorite trio up front. It's got Ray, it's got Rook, and it's got Marie. Maybe they act, might actually feature in this book. They do. <laughs> they do. <laughs> well, if you're looking for hot Marie action, it's coming. Well, uh, thank you all for listening, and we, uh, we appreciate you uh, enjoying this, hopefully. Um, if you did... Uh, we would love for you to, to rate the thing on whatever app you're listening to, if it has that option, or leave a comment if it has that option. If it doesn't, shoot us an email at glowingweekpointpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, or if you want other people to hear about it, whether you liked the show or not, maybe you hated the show. And you, and you, you want to stick it show, on your worst enemy. Yeah. Or not even your worst enemy. Maybe, like, your second worst enemy. Because, like, I, I don't know that this is the worst enemy sort of thing. If you But they are a complete like, bastard. Yeah, they, they are a complete bastard. Uh, share this <laughs> with a complete bastard. Yes. Now, we, if you we did want like our, it, We want our entire audience to be compo- compo- composed of complete bastards. You, you got there at the end? I did. If you, I got there. If you did like it, share some... Share this with someone who uh, is is like your own fairy godmother. Or starred in EastEnders. <laughs> or is Captain Peavy. <laughs> if you know share someone this... who, who starred in EastEnders, <laughs> definitely share this with them. If you know someone who knows who Captain Peavy is, share this with them. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, see you next time. Have a I happy you... Thanksgiving. If I watched through The Last Jedi again, looking for Captain Peavy, I bet I would still end the movie not knowing who Captain Peavy is. Absolutely not, not, you wouldn't. (laughs) Bye, everyone. Bye.